Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to ENI's 2018 third quarter results conference call hosted by Massimo Mondazzi, Chief Financial Officer. For the duration of the call, you will be in listen-only mode. However, at the end of the call, you will have the opportunity to ask questions by pressing star and one on your touchtone telephone. I will now hand you over to your host to begin today's conference. Thank you. Good afternoon and welcome to the nine months result presentation. During 2018, we have continued to grow and strengthen our business model, accelerating cash generation. But let's see more in detail. In upstream, production was 1,844,000 beer per day, up 3% compared to the same period of 2017 or 4% if we take into account PSA price effects. We expect further growing volumes in the last quarter. Moreover, we will continue to proceed towards the FIDs that we have planned, in particular for Mexico Area 1, where we already obtained approval of the development plan, while we will progress also with Nene Phase 2 in Congo, Cassiopeia in Italy, and Maracas in Indonesia. In exploration, we continue to expand our portfolio of acreage, in particular with the deals we announced during October in Libya and Mozambique. Another important driver of our growth is gas and power, which in this quarter has maintained a positive result, bringing operating profit from the beginning of the year over 500 million. In this business, we are going to further improve our yearly guidance. Finally, our refining and chemical results, while lower than last year, confirm that the new industrial structure allows greater resilience to fluctuation in oil prices. Cash flow from operation before working capital in the nine months amounted to $9.4 billion, recording a strong acceleration in the last quarter in which we achieved $3.4 billion. In the first nine months, free cash generation before net disposal of the period amounted to $4.3 billion well in excess of the full-year dividend. Our net debt is declining, as well as our leverage, that is now at 18%, and it is expected to contract further by the end of this year. Upstream is speeding up in terms of economic results and cash generation. In the first nine months of 2018, we recorded a 4% production growth compared to 2017. This result was achieved notwithstanding the conclusion of the Intisar gas contract at the end of June. The effect of the expiry was about 40,000 beer per day over the nine months and was more than offset by the new startups and ramp-ups in Angola, Congo, Ghana, Indonesia and Egypt, including the acceleration of ZOR that since early September reached the level of 2 billion cubic feet a day in advance versus our original schedule. Our growth would have been even more sustained if it had not been impacted by lower gas demand in three countries, in Venezuela and Libya because of lower domestic consumption, and in Ghana because of lower gas nominations from the buyer. Assuming that these three effects will continue also in the fourth quarter, which is our most likely case, early growth will be around 3% versus the original guidance of 4% at the price level of $60 per barrel. However, 
it should be noted that this loss production, as long as we envisage it will persist, has only a marginal effect in terms of cash generation. The new production contributed to increase our operating result up to 8 billion, 4.6 billion more than last year. This growth was boosted by a higher scenario for 3.7 billion and 900 million by endogenous contributors. Also, in terms of cash generation, our upstream confirms its strength. With an operating cash flow of 8.9 billion, 60% higher than last year, and a capex amount of 4.7 billion, 8% lower, we generated an underlying free cash flow of about 4.2 billion, excluding portfolio actions. EMP is covering its capex at around $40 per barrel. It is worthwhile to highlight that EMP free cash flow in nine months is also higher than our full year dividend. Upstream cash flow per barrel grew to $21 in the first nine months versus 16.7 on average last year. This was based upon an improved scenario and increased quality of portfolio that benefits from accretive new production in Ghana, Egypt, Angola, Congo, as well as Indonesia. This improvement is driving our cash flow per barrel faster than planned towards our 2021 target of $22 per barrel. In Gas and Power, we continue to achieve important results by beating for the second time the guidance we had previously set. With an operating profit of $500 million in the nine months of which 110 related to retail, we can now further upgrade our full-year guidance to around $550 million. This strong result comes from the growth of the LNG business where, <coughs> sorry, where we envisage 9 million tons of contracted LNG at the year end versus 5.2 million tons last year. These 2018 volumes are 56% equity, almost twice the level of last year. The second contributor is power, and third, the greater competitiveness of midstream, which is combined by a stable contribution of retail business. <coughs> the downstream has been penalized by margins that are 25% lower than last year. Refining was affected by the appreciation of sour crudes due to U.S. sanctions on Iran, and the euro exchange rate that worsened our break-even by $1.4 per barrel. At budget, at budget scenario, the break-even margin is $3.4 per barrel in the first nine months and is expected to fall to $3, $3.2 on average in 2018 and further down to $3 per barrel with the restart of East project during the first half of 2019. The robust contribution of marketing, however, ensures an R&M result of over $200 million in the nine-month period. In our chemical business, we deliver the positive contribution notwithstanding the rapid increase in the euro price of virgin nafta and the growing supply of ethylene from U.S. plants. In terms of cash generation, we reach a level of $9.8 billion. 
for 2018, assuming an average bond price of 72, we estimate an operating cash of 13.5 billion. Our operating cash flow will cover capex estimated at 7.7 billion and generate an organic free cash flow of almost 6 billion, twice our dividend. A further benefit derives from portfolio activity that contributes 300 million. Leverage at 18% and gearing 15% at the, at the end of September will be further reduced in the fourth quarter. And now, together with any top management, I'm ready to respond to any question you may have. Ladies and gentlemen, let's begin the question and answer session. The first question comes from Adolf Thomas with Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Good afternoon. Um, I have uh, three questions, if I may, um, and congratulations on the uh, strong 3Q results. Um, a lot of good things are happening in Egypt at the moment, so I want to focus my questions on Egypt. Um, firstly, you mentioned you've obtained a 10-year extension of the uh, Great Norus area, which is great. Um, but perhaps since production there has often surprised positively on the upside, can you perhaps talk about the profile we should expect for Norus and the, and the remaining prospectivity of the license area? Um, secondly, on, on, on Zor, um the ramp-up is uh, performing better than expected. I wonder whether you can comment on how the reservoir is behaving so far and whether the um, previous or the current plateau target could be raised. And then finally on Egypt as well, um, I, want, I, w I wanted to know if you've spotted the NOR prospect and, and if you are happy to share with us the pre-drill P50 estimate for it as well. Thank you. I leave the floor to uh, Antonio and Alessandro to, to answer your question about Egypt. <coughs> okay, concerning the uh, NURUS, I think uh, we are, uh, as, as you know, that we are producing a stable 1.2 billion SCAF per day within uh, a synergy with the uh, Abu Mahdi facilities. We have uh, already launched uh, a, a pipeline connecting uh, the Abu Mahdi facilities with uh, El Gamil in the cost because we have spare capacity, and this will allow us to continue exploring Nurus for the future, possibly expanding the production, but in addition to the pipeline, we're going to connect Baltim West, which left already a lot of exploration to be done. And this is the large prospectivity, which imply an extension of 10 years for that part of the, the, the development area in Nile Delta. On, uh, on ZOR, we are progressing <coughs> our plan in anticipation with the train 5, which is going to be on stream in March. And then we'll continue 6 and 7 between June and, and September to, to reach the POD value with an upside of additional 1 billion SCAF, which is going to give us the opportunity to produce 3.2 billion SCAF per day within next year. Concerning the reservoir, I leave the floor to Alessandro to tell you exactly how it's producing uh, the reservoir of Zor. Thank you. 
Okay, good morning. Uh, Reservoir of Zor is currently delivering uh, extremely good uh, performance. Uh, pressure depletion is hardly detectable, and uh, certainly reservoir performance they will sustain the uh, increase of plateau uh, just mentioned by by Antonio. So we will target to achieve uh, by end of 2019 uh, a target of 3.2 BCF per day of production. Okay, maybe Luca could answer the new question. Um, on Noor, uh, we we start uh, drilling the well uh, at the end of September, so we are in a very early stage. Uh, what I can uh, share is that Noor is a sizable prospect, uh, uh, and this is uh, our expectation uh, for the while. Perfect. Thank you very much. The next question comes from uh, Alistair Sign with City. Please go ahead. Yeah, um, hi. Just a couple of um, of outlook questions. Um, I think you, you previously talked about the LNG market as you as you looked to market Mozambique. I think you said earlier in this year that um, you you might look at taking 50% equity, and that the LNG markets would probably not support more than a 12% slope. I just wonder if you can sort of update us on the current state of the LNG market as you as you market that, that gas. Um, and secondly, could, could you just talk a little bit about the MOU you signed with Pertamina? Um, what's the intention and, and what sort of returns criteria will you use on investment? Thank you. Okay, I'll leave Massimo Mantovani uh, answering your question about the LNG market outlook. Well, you know, it was a great year for LNG, and it was uh, an, an unbelievable, very uh, great quarter. If we consider that the JKM um, reference price in, in August was uh, $10.5, and which is even higher than actually what we expect in November. And uh, on the other hand, for the LNG market, we also have to consider that most of the contracts are all based and in terms of, of what we buy, which is good for our upstream <laughs> side. And, and, of course, for us, it's a little bit less good. But uh, um, uh, on, on the other hand, what is key and important for us is that E&I makes a profit. In terms of uh, Mozambique, um, the discussion which has been taken with our partners is in respect of actually going ahead and taking marketing out of the critical path for taking a final investment decision. And this is still the status, and we we are still all targeting for a final investment decision to be taken uh, in 2019. And we, we, we do believe uh, that that gas will be important to be added to our portfolio of LNG. Um, I have to mention that this year we, we will sell um, and uh, about 7.5 million tons as compared to 5 million tons of last year. And what is uh, more importantly, and was also mentioned by Massimo before, is that we had an increase on, on, the, on the quota, which is coming from our own equity, which is more than 50% this year as compared to about 30% last year. And that, as we also said in the, in the four-year plan, is going to grow. Um, we, we are targeting a, a portfolio um, which is sizable enough to take all the opportunity, and uh, the contract at the end of this year will be uh, already 9 million tons. 
and uh, so we are more than in line than what we envisaged in the plan, which was about uh, 12 million tons by 2021. So we are increasing more than that. Okay, so about Pertamina, if you are referring to the MOU that has been signed about the, uh, the chemical business, uh, uh, this is an MOU uh, aiming at expanding the relationship between the two companies. So uh, the, uh, the main target uh, uh, for the time being is to explore the wide array of uh, uh, potential new opportunities across the entire energy value chain, uh, but targeting mainly, uh, as I said, green refinery initiative. You know, we are transforming JLA in Venice. We are, uh, at the moment, the, the first in doing uh, such a transformation. Pertamina is very well interested in exploring alternatives uh, uh, such as the one that we are doing in Italy. So that, that is the, the main scope of what we sign. And, and can you just remind us what sort of returns criteria you're using in, in downstream investment? So this is really, this is... Uh, uh, a period of studies on this respect, but if uh, I uh, give a look to the expected return from the green refinery right now, what, what we are doing in Italy, in Gela and Venice, uh, uh, definitely the internal rate return we expect today is higher than 10%. Okay, so higher than 10 right? okay. Yeah. And, and so can I just circle back on, on the, the Mozambique? Uh, as you market Mozambique, is it still the intention to put roughly 50% on equity? Is, it, is that still the plan? Yes, it is. I mean, I think that, that the key issue, as I told you, is that uh, that uh, the, the offtake will be taken by the partners pro rata to their respective uh, participation in the project, and so that that's equity for us. Okay. Thank you. The next question comes from Thomas Klein with RBC. Please go ahead. Uh, excuse me, the question has been withdrawn. The next question is from Jason Gamel Jeffries. Please go ahead. Do you have any um, uh, updated thoughts on the potential for the restart of the Damietta facility in Egypt? Uh, any progress uh, that's been made there? And second question on the chemical business. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you think about the medium-term competitiveness of the polyethylene business, uh, just given that one of the factors that you cited for the weakness in the quarter uh, was uh, the, the surge in volumes from the U.S., because that looks to uh, only be increasing uh, over the course of the next several quarters? Okay, Massimo, uh, to answer the Dametia question. And, you know, perfectly, the Damietta uh, has not been working in terms of taking out LNG since a uh, few years. And uh, now the, the condition of the market is completely different. And now with all the, the, the production that is coming out uh, uh, in Egypt, and not only in Egypt, actually, in the future, something can also be aggregated from, from bordering uh, areas, uh, do have a, a look pretty good in respect of a restart of Damietta. Um, there are ongoing discussions which are um, quite advanced, and I think it's the interest of all parties that the meta uh, could start as soon as possible. 
Um, it takes about uh, once an overall agreement is reached, something like three, four months to start. But uh, I, I would be surprised if we don't have the meet uh, on, 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 on work uh, next year. Uh, nevertheless, this is the object of the discussion which are taking place. So, Alberto, the uh, chemical business CFO will answer your question about the chemical business. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey, for your question. Uh, yes, indeed, in the third quarter, Versalis recorded a, a negative effect on the scenario uh, driven by the uh, polyethylene business. Uh, but uh, you have to address uh, this uh, negative effect on as a comprehensive uh, um, combination of events, the rapid increase in, uh, in the price of NAFTA, uh, a strengthening dollar, and a relatively uh, lower uh, demand for polyethylene in Europe. Um, it is uh, quite uh, difficult to, uh, to project uh, this uh, volatile market of the quarter in the coming months, uh, for sure, as a, as a general trend, we can say that in Europe there is a growing uh, tend, uh, trend in substituting NAFTA with ethane, and there are growing fluxes of ethylene from the USA. But at the same time, Europe is still enjoying a very strong um, uh, demand growth, um, definitely is healthier than the, in the last two, three years. And uh, so these... Uh, these uh, um, uh, growth in demand could rebalance uh, the, the pressure from rising uh, uh, oil-based feedstocks. Thanks very much. The next question comes from uh, Harry Tarvid Berenberg. Please go ahead. <coughs> um, hi, thanks. I just had a, a couple of questions. Um, one was uh, on higher gas realizations, which were uh, clearly a, a driver for the quarter. Um, were they uh, higher across the board, or were there sort of specific regions um, where you benefited particularly? Um, and then secondly, on the gas and power business, um, you've obviously increased the uh, profit target for the year. Is the bulk of that being driven by uh, LNG, or are you know, power generation, midstream, uh, retail um, also adding to that uh, change in guidance. Thanks. So as far as the gas realization price, I mean the gas realization in the MPBs, and definitely the, uh, the growth that we recorded in these quarters uh, was driven mainly by the new new production, uh, new ramp-ups uh, in, in EMP production, such as definitely ZOR. Uh, Zor, you remember, we we never disclosed exactly the the formula, but we always said that uh, the formula is uh, partially linked to the to the oil price. So today, with the oil price at seventy eighty dollar per barrel, definitely we are benefiting from the uh, the high range uh, of the of the price formula. Uh, the same for the new gas production that is coming from John Creek. So this is another good example of. Uh, 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 high price gas uh, that uh, we are increasingly producing worldwide. But let me let me complete you, you correctly. You notice the, the increase in the gas realization price. Let me also add that the, at the same time the cost uh, we incurred to uh, produce this additional uh, quantity of gas uh, is really competitive because definitely the most important example is ore that has been developed in a very uh, low scenario in terms of cost, but even John Creek benefiting from uh, a very positive scenario. So what we are, uh, uh, are harvesting right now is the, the best margin 
that is the result of high prices and very low cost sustained to develop this, uh, this, uh, this uh, gas field. As far as the composition of the gas and power uh, uh, result, maybe I'll leave the floor to, to Massimo Mantovani. <coughs> Um, you know the the key strategy for this year was was based on two pillars, which was the turnaround of the uh, legacy contract and assets, and the, um, the integration with upstream in respect of LNG, and uh, and I think that both work uh, pretty well this year, and all line of business which is in gas and power work as well. I mean, starting from retail business, and also I have to mention specifically LNG. LNG was one of the top performers. As I said before, we increased the, the amount of, uh, of volumes quite significantly, mostly upstream. Jean Creek was a, a pretty good uh, source for that, also for extra volumes. And considering the price that we had in the market, which were quite exceptional, as I mentioned before referring to JKM, uh, but not only, also in the European gas market, it was a pretty good moment, in particular in this quarter. Okay, thanks. The next question comes from Rafael Gutai with Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Please go ahead. Yeah, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my questions. Uh, just the first one, uh, turning back to European gas, can you just remind us on um, your exposure on, uh, to spot uh, versus uh, longer term, term structure in Europe? And then secondly, your production guidance on entitlement is 3% at $60. Just uh, given that we're running at about 72 year to date, uh, can you just remind us on the sensitivities of that um, if you were to run that at, at year to date? numbers. Thanks. Okay. I, I'll give you uh, uh, right now the, the answer to your second question. So the sensitivity is more or less uh, uh, 10,000 BOE. So uh, dropping from 72, uh, that is uh, the, the, number, the number at which we are running the full quarter, to $60 per barrel, that is the, the level of Brent at which we are giving the, the guidance. Uh, so $12 per barrel means more or less uh, uh, 10,000 BU per day. And maybe I leave the floor to Massimo to answer the question about you. You know, we have, uh, we have a, a, a quite complex aggregated portfolio from the European gas based, of course, on the, on the contracts long term uh, with different source. And in terms of sales, uh, you know, something like about between 25 and 30 percent in general terms is actually sold on the spot market. This is also an issue of the optimization, which is done constantly. And um, we also have to consider that in all this, of course, as a way to also the, the, the logistic that we, we, we acquired in the past in respect of the gas business. Thank you. The next question comes from Jason Kenny with Santander. Please go ahead. Uh, hi there, well done on results today. Um, going back to uh, a theme from an earlier question, if I might, on um, oil and liquids realizations, um, I'm just trying to dig down to see where there were perhaps some regional supports in oil and liquids realizations, uh, particularly looking for um, Kazakhstan and Italy to see if they were above uh, normal. And then maybe also the general trend um, I think in 2016, the discount versus Brent for E&I was 10%. In 
2017, it was 8%. On a year-to-date basis, you're 7% discount versus Brent. So I'm just wondering what what I should be thinking uh, about that trend going into 2019, please. But the, the most important uh, reason why we uh, reduce the uh, the discount versus uh, versus Brent is the the quality of our production. Uh, the if you think about the most important contributor of new production uh, uh, such as Goliath and Kashagan, for example, so high quality of oil, definitely they they are contributing significantly to the uh, uh, net price uh, we are going to to get from 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 the market. Um, we do not expect significant changes in this uh, uh, discount overall uh, uh, as far as 2019. The next question comes from Alessandro Pozzi, Media Banca. Please go ahead. Thank you. I have a couple of questions. Uh, the first one on uh, Venezuela. Uh, you mentioned um, a bit lower production there. I was wondering if you can maybe give us an update on the situation in Venezuela, also in terms of uh, receivables. And um, uh, going back to the uh, Zor, uh previous questions, uh, you mentioned uh, your target is to increase production to 3.2 BCF by the end of next year. Uh, I was wondering if that is subject to the restart of uh, Damietta or, or not. Thank you. Okay, Alessandro. So as far as uh, Venezuela, uh, the situation uh, remain uh, uh, a critical one, so uh, the uh, reduction in uh, uh, gas taken by PDVSA, uh, as I said before, is expected to remain in place uh, at least by the end of this year, uh, and we will see uh, the, the reduction uh, we, we guess is caused by uh, the reduction in domestic, uh, in domestic market consumption together with uh, uh, I would say some uh, technical problem that PDVSA is uh, uh, is having uh, in this power plant uh, that now are suffering because maybe they they are short of spare parts to have their uh, plant uh, back in uh, back in production after after maintenance. Um, in terms of financial exposure. Uh, the 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 news are not so bad because the uh, the level of exposure uh, we are succeeding to take is quite stable. We are talking about something less than seven hundred million dollars. We are uh, uh, receiving some some payment anyway, notwithstanding the the situation. So uh, uh, on this respect, uh, uh, we are uh, in line with the, the projection we made at the end, at the beginning of this year, when we definitely took into consideration the quite difficult situation in, in country. And maybe I can answer also because it's quite easy uh, the, 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 the question about Zor. No, definitely uh, the, uh, the target of 3.2 definitely is not related to the restart of Damietta. Thank you. The next question comes from John Rigby with UBS. Please go ahead. Yeah, hello. Um, I think both these questions are for um, uh, Massimo. Um, the, the first is, uh, when we met uh, in March, uh, you had a slide that talked about a leverage target and um, share buybacks um, for excess cash uh, distribution. So uh, I guess given 
where your performance has been and where the macro has been, that, that scenario is now starting to, to come into view. Um, I think it feels to me that the industry is thinking hard about where it should exit a high cycle conditions in terms of gearing and so sort of balancing gearing versus buybacks. So I wondered whether you could just share with us some initial thoughts about, about that, obviously early days, but, and I guess you'll talk about it in 2019, but some sort of thought process around where you want to be with respect to your leverage targets uh, and, and what you would then leave over for buybacks. Uh, the second question is just on tax rates. We seem to now be leveling out in the upstream at about 55% or so tax rate. Is, is that a good number to use going forward at these kind of oil price conditions? And, and then also, sort of secondly, um, your downstream businesses actually seem to take quite a high tax charge if I think about where corporate tax charges are globally. So I just wondered whether you, maybe you can shine a little bit of a light on that. Thank you. So in terms of leverage and uh, cash distribution uh, and, um, and buyback, uh, John, uh, uh, as you said, uh, maybe uh, the good, good, good timing to uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, any, any, any decision is, uh, will be March, uh, February, March 2019, where we are going to present our uh, new, new strategy. But definitely what I could say that uh, uh, up to now, nothing changed in terms of uh, aspiration and, uh, and strategy. So what we said in terms of uh, uh, aspiration to uh, maintain a progressive dividend together with a buyback uh, while we perceive uh, uh, um, uh, a leverage below uh, 20% uh, uh, steadily, uh, remain in place, uh, and uh, uh, on this respect, I would say that what is going on, what we are doing in terms of uh, performance, in terms of implementation of our strategy, is running very well. So uh, uh, the cash we are producing is uh, significant. Uh, you, you have seen that the, the leverage dropped below 20% for the first time in the third quarter. As I said, we expect uh, the leverage to be uh, even uh, lower, uh, benefiting from the cash we are going to generate in the fourth quarter. So uh, uh, March would be the right time to uh, tell you uh, uh, um, when and how much, but uh, we are really uh, on the right way to implement what we said on this respect. In terms of tax rate, uh, uh, yes, uh, assuming uh, a 70-75 uh, Brent uh, scenario that you know is impacting significantly our tax rate on the upstream business, that definitely is the most important uh, tax contributor in our in our group. Uh, uh, something in the range of uh, uh, less than 60, something in the range of 55-58 would be. Uh, the right guidance uh, uh, for this year, the full year, to in, and as well as uh, in 2019, while the cash tax rate is expected to remain in the range of 30% as uh, uh, it is uh, in, uh, for the first nine months. And in terms of uh, uh, tax rate on downstream, uh, let me see the uh, detail I see, uh, a 40% 40, uh, 40 tax rate uh, that is a bit higher than uh, uh, than uh, the, the Italian tax rate, uh, uh, 
uh, I don't I don't have a specific answer in detail. So maybe I'll let you know, John. So the tax rate is 40%. Why is higher than uh, 30, 27? I'll let you know. Okay. Thank you, Massimo. The next question comes from Rob West with Redburn. Please go ahead. Oh, hi. Th thank you very much. I'd, the first one I'd like to ask you is about your, your long-run guidance for the gas and power business. I think back in March that was, that was targeting 800 million euros by 2021. And you know, th this, this year you're effectively coming in at double, double what, you are, what you are targeting. You, you spoke a little bit earlier about having more, more volumes coming through uh, the gas business, um, particularly on LNG. And so my question is, would it be right to assume that that, that uh, long-run target is moving upwards as well or, or should be when, when you come to revisit it in, in March? The, the second question I have is about the, uh, just the, the evolution of upstream OPEX. Uh, it's, it's not a number that we, we see in, in the disclosures, and so... I was wondering if you could comment on whether you're managing to keep costs where you want them to be or seeing anything in there that requires a bit of focus to, um, to, to address inflation coming back. Thank you. <coughs> okay, in terms of uh, gas and power long run, uh, so as Massimo said, definitely uh, mainly in, uh, in mid-gas, uh, uh, the, the result we are achieving uh, in 2019 has been definitely uh, uh, positively affected by the scenario, scenario that has been uh, really positive uh, on all the sub-businesses included in midstream, so the clean spark spread in power, the gas price, the LNG uh, price uh, in, in Far East and, uh, and elsewhere. So uh, we have been uh, surprised. That's the reason why we adjusted twice the, the, the guidance, because uh, uh, the, the scenario that we are testifying is definitely higher. So uh, uh, on this respect, uh, we, uh, we believe that uh, um, uh, the, uh, the adjustment, the, the, the scenario we are assuming, we are going to assume to reproject our four-year plan would be lower than this, uh, based on uh, normal condition. But at the same time, uh, uh, the result we are achieving testify that the industrial activities, uh, the, uh, uh, the progress uh, in terms of lower cost, uh, higher margin in terms of, uh, of clients talking about retail, is progressing even a bit faster than, than expected. So uh, no reason to change the guide uh, today and as far as 2019, definitely um, we will touch base uh, more precisely in March, but definitely what we could say right now that uh, we, we are going to project something that would be uh, globally in the range of uh, uh, 400, 500 million in terms of EBIT, expected EBIT. In terms of uh, upstream OPEX, uh, now we are, uh, uh, the actual number is in the range of uh, $7 per barrel, and $7 is something that, is, uh, uh, that we are confident and we believe we can, we can take, uh, also because we are not uh, uh, testifying any significant inflation increase in the market right now. So no sign that uh, the 7 could be higher, uh, uh, for example, in 2019. Very clear. Thank you very much. 
The next question comes from Irene Himona with SG. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good afternoon, Massimo. I had uh, three uh, questions, please. Firstly, you mentioned how uh, robust marketing was. I wonder if you can split for us uh, for the third quarter and the nine months the refining versus marketing EBIT, please. Uh, secondly, working capital. Um, you've been releasing cash for the last couple of quarters. Uh, I wonder if you can give us any sort of guidance, any indication for the uh, fourth quarter uh, expected working capital. And then finally, back to gas and power, which obviously surprised positively with a profit. Um, I think I'm right in saying that you, you say the results, the adjusted result includes uh, 40 million from derivatives. I, I just wonder if if that is correct, if you can share with us the, the, the rationale for not uh, stripping out the 40 million from adjusted uh, profit. Thank you. <coughs> okay, Erin. So in terms of splits between uh, uh, refining and, uh, and marketing, so as far as the four quarter, we are talking about uh, a full result of 140 so marketing is 143, while refining is more or less at break-even, uh, considering that uh, we, uh, we, we had uh, a slight recovery in the uh, refining margin in the third quarter. Talking about the nine months, uh, marketing uh, recorded 372, while uh, uh, refining was negative 154. So for a total result uh, of more or less 220. We expect uh, uh, marketing performing well even the fourth quarter, even if the fourth quarter is not the strongest uh, uh, in, uh, all along the, the year as far as marketing, while uh, uh, um, looking at the margin we are experiencing as far as refining uh, in October, we expect a slight loss uh, in refinery in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. In terms of working capital, uh, so uh, we are doing what we what we promised. So uh, as far as uh, now the uh, nine months uh, actual, we uh, uh, I would say we fully recovered the uh, uh, 900 million that has been absorbed in the first uh, in the first quarter, and we expect a positive contribution from working capital in the fourth quarter in the range of very few uh, uh, hundreds of million of uh, uh, of euros. Uh, in terms of derivatives, uh, I can't give you an answer because I, uh, maybe it requires a, a bit of time. So, Irina, uh, I will back to you explaining sure. the rationale of what you are asking for. Thank you very much. Thank you, Masma. The next question comes from Massimo Bonisoli with Equita. Please go ahead. Good afternoon and two quick questions left. Uh, could you give us some color on the start of exploration and production activities in Libya from the asset recently acquired from BP? And the second, uh, do you have any progress in the farm out process uh, of the Area 1 in Mexico? So, Antonio will give you the answer about uh, the uh, BP exploration activity in Libya. <coughs> As, uh, as, uh, as you know, the, the, the farming, uh, including three blocks, uh, A, 
B and C, which A and B are in uh, close to Wafa. So that is the, the main synergy we have seen uh, jointly with BP and NOC. And this is the, the objective, since we have uh, enough spare capacity in the area of Wafa, and this is, can be one of the areas which we kick off uh, quite quickly. And the rest uh, with the offshore, definitely we should work a uh, little bit more on that. Okay, Massimo, as far as the, the farm out uh, in Area 1 in Mexico, we, we, are, we are proceeding. We are uh, in a negotiation phase. Uh, uh, we do not expect to cash in any dollar uh, by year end. Uh, uh, I, I guess we'll let you know why we, we are completing the deal. Thank you very much. The next question comes from Lucas Herrmann with Deutsche Bank. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. A um, couple, if I may. First, just a point of clarification, Massimo. Your, your statement or the slide on strong cash generation, which shows you've delivered CFFO of $9.8 billion um, in the first nine months, does that include the sum that you've received for Zor? I presume it does, but to, just to make sure. Um, Secondly, I just wanted to ask if you could expand a little bit on the litigation in the U.S. around uh, regas, um, what the actual cash outflow on that on, on that litigation might be to you, and, and what the benefit to um, to P&L and, and cash flow longer term you know, may be as the regas obligation isn't there any longer. And thirdly, if I could just. Um, on Jan Creek and, uh, and, and LNG volumes, to what extent are you overproducing, if I can use that phrase, at the present time in Indonesia and driving more gas through Bontang than um, perhaps had been planned? Thank you. As far as the, uh, the cash flow, yes, uh, as uh, we uh, wrote in the the chart we, we presented a uh, few few minutes ago, chart number eight, uh, the 9.8 uh, as well as the 13.5 uh, uh, does include uh, the uh, uh, more or less uh, 450 million dollars we uh, cashed in as uh, 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 later payment uh, relating to the disposal uh, to, uh, to to Rosneft and to BP of shares in uh, in Zor. And uh, um, uh, as far as uh, uh, the uh, Bontang and uh, Indonesia, I'll let Antonio maybe answering your question. Yes. So uh, as has been mentioned in the previous call, the, the spare capacity of uh, our FPU in uh, Jan Creek uh, allow us to produce uh, more because uh, also the reservoir is performing much, much better. Initially, the plateau expected from the reservoir was 450, but since the startup, the higher performance allow us to utilize the additional capacity of the, F the FPU. And today we are uh, ranging production between uh, 697 <laughs> 700 million scarf a day. Uh, and Antonio, what does that do to the reserve space? It obviously draws it down more rapidly, but uh, <coughs> no. are you upping reserves effectively at the same time, or are we just seeing the more rapid pro producing out? No, we have, a, we have recently made all these uh, 
build up on the on the reservoir, and we have seen uh, we have much more reserves. But the expectation is also that Meraques has been designed also to come uh, come in on a decline of uh, Jan Creek, which up to now is not coming up. We are making additional development on Jan Creek and uh, work cover, which will uh, will keep the plateau longer than the expectation. Thank you. And then on US regas, Massimo. Okay, and uh, as far as uh, uh, the uh, the Pascagoula uh, regas arbitration uh, outcome, uh, what we have to pay uh, is written even in our financial statement is the amount is 286 million euro. Uh, the amount that we have to pay is a result of the arbitration. We believe is a good is a result, uh, uh, taking in consideration the obligation we we sign a uh, 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 few years ago when uh, the the prospecting in terms of uh, uh, the worldwide LNG market, mainly the U.S., was completely different, uh, and this amount uh, has to be paid, I would say, shortly. And um, what's the what's the future saving and benefit to gas and power that we should expect to see? No, since you don't have to pay the for 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 the group more than gas and power, I would say significant savings. Sorry, what, what does significant mean? Significant. Uh, I cannot release exactly the, the number that is based on our internal evaluation, but significant means uh, definitely not uh, uh, some tens of, of million, but uh, hundreds of million. Right, but that's not. Um, sorry to go on, uh, and that benefit will be seen in which division? So the the installment uh, uh, up to up to the the arbitration outcome in terms of cost, uh, uh, where uh, the installment was written in the in the MP uh, uh, right. uh, profit and loss. Okay. Thank you very much. The next question comes from Thomas Klein with RBC. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, apologies for earlier. Thank you for taking my question. Um, just following up on the one about your MOU with Pertamina uh, at Gila, can you talk a bit more about the pilot waste uh, to fuel plant that's being built um, by Sundial, Sundial, I believe? Uh, any more detail on what you're trying to do there would be helpful. Um, for instance, how big a scale uh, it could potentially become. Thank you. Yes, on um, the waste to fuel uh, technology, we have to say that uh, NEA has protected this technology with six registered patents, and uh, the bio oil obtained with this technology can be used to produce an ultra-low sulfur bunker oil, which is compliant with the new IMO regulation. By the end of 2018, the new GLA pilot will be started up, uh, and uh, we are uh, engineering uh, so far a semi-industrial scale plant uh, in, uh, in Ravenna. We are also studying um, other uh, plants at a larger, um, larger scale, which we uh, expect to have a significant uh, return. And those larger plants, um, they would presumably be at existing ENI refinery sites, or would you be considering new ones elsewhere? Oh. I, I, it's something that we have to decide, so uh, we, we can't give you an answer right now about this. Okay, well, thank you. The next question comes from Lydia Rainforth with Barclays. Please go ahead. 
Hello there, and thank you for taking the questions. I have two, please. Um, the first one was on uh, Union Fenosa Gas, and just particularly in the context of the Damietta plant restart. Are you happy with the current Union Gas, Fenosa Gas shareholding, or would you look at taking that to the full 100%? Um, and then secondly, on cash flow per barrel in the upstream, is that better at this oil price than you thought it would be? Thank you. So, in terms of uh, uh, relationship with you know, with uh, with Naturgy, maybe I, I'll I'll leave the floor to Massimo and I'll give you the the answer about the cash. And uh, yes, we are happy. We are happy with the with the current situation, and we we are not uh, looking to change it at the moment. And of course, every project is always a life. But for the time being, we are with them, and we are working well. We are trying to have the plant restarted. We are talking with the Egyptian side, who are actually also somehow in the Demeta, because 20% is owned by IGAS. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we just have uh, to conclude these discussions with all the parties involved to have the plant restarted as soon as possible. And, uh, and this, is, this is what is going on. And uh, about the, the uh, unit cash flow in EMP, yes, Lydia, uh, what we are getting is something uh, slightly better than expected uh, on top of the uh, uh, advantage we are taking from, from the, the oil price, so the, uh, the, the scenario. So uh, that's the reason why I said that we are progressing uh, ahead of schedule in getting the $22 per barrel result that we projected in 2021. 2021. And to give you more uh, um, uh, color on this, uh, uh, what I uh, can do is to give you maybe the breakdown of what we are getting uh, uh, after these uh, first nine months in terms of uh, cash flow from operation in EMP. So you have seen that the cash flow from operation uh, grew uh, by 3.4 uh, billion euro in the first nine months versus 2017, and the uh, the uh, overall uh, growth is related as far as 70% to the uh, uh, scenario that is definitely being positive as far as the, the prices and slightly negative in terms of uh, uh, exchange rate. And as far as 30%, that means 1 billion, uh, is due to endogenous factors, so uh, 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 an increasing value of our production, increasing volumes, uh, uh, reduced cost that are performing slightly better than what we expected when we performed the budget. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. The next question comes from Alvin Thomas with Exane. Please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, just a couple of quick ones from me. Firstly, can I get an update on the list of uh, FIDs that you're looking to um, achieve by year-end, um, and the second one is just on Libya. Um, can you just give us an update on the current operations and, and liftings you're able to achieve there? Thank you, and maybe what your outlook is into year-end. Thanks. Maybe I'll leave the floor to uh, Alessandro as far as the FIDs are concerned, and Libya, uh, I'll leave the floor to Antonio. Okay. Uh, the, the planned FID from now to the end of the year are Cassiopeia in Italy, Mexico era 1, and NA phase uh, 2B in, uh, in Congo. And then we are working uh, to bring uh, also FID uh, of Merakes in Indonesia across the end of the year. Okay. Concerning uh, the 
operation. All plants are uh, running quite uh, quite well. Unfortunately, we've been suffering uh, some reduction on local market requirements due to power plant uh, uh, failure in country. It's, there is a little improvement in those days, but uh, definitely the production uh, uh, of gas uh, is, is available from our side. Anyway, we're we monitoring the situation of the power plant, and hopefully we're going to go up again as previously. Thank you. Can I, can I ask what volume you're at currently? The, the, the volume for local market is moving between uh, 19 to 21 million uh, uh, cube meter per day. This is the range. Normally, they are uh, they are receiving uh, from uh, the gas producer between uh, Wafa and uh, Melita with Sabrata platform. Okay, thank you. The yeah, next in this, question. In this respect, uh, uh, it's worth to mention that uh, uh, definitely we believe that uh, the uh, uh, domestic consumption is going to recover because we are talking about a few thousand BOE equivalent per day in terms of lack of demand. But um, uh, it's worth taking into consideration that we always have the, uh, the possibility to, uh, uh, to export gas, to apply for, for, for the export of gas in case the situation uh, would be worst or last longer than expected today. So uh, that's the reason why we are not uh, particularly uh, 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 worried about uh, potential economic uh, impact uh, in, uh, in the longer term. The next question comes from Christian Malek with JP Morgan. Please go. Sorry, with uh, Martin Retz with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. All right, that was some introduction. Uh, I had two uh, that I wanted to ask you. Um, on, 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 last, uh, on the last conference call, um, you made some comments about buybacks depending on the trajectory of uh, the balance sheet. I think this sort of builds a little bit on the question that John asked earlier as well. Uh, given that the balance sheet is de-geared a fair bit during the quarter, can you update us on your thoughts on, on buybacks? Uh, and secondly, I wanted to briefly ask you about the credit rating downgrade. Um, my suspicion is that this does not have a big impact. I mean, it largely reflects the sovereign. Uh, but I was wondering if you could make uh, some comments about it uh, in terms of if there's anything you can do to address this, how important this is, etc. But in terms of uh, uh, a buyback and, and leverage, uh, I um, already said that uh, the, the trajectory, uh, as you said, is, is positive. So 80% uh, expected to drop further by, by year end, uh, uh, projecting uh, a price that will be in the range of 70, 75 in 2019, means to have uh, uh, a longer good uh, uh, trajectory on this respect. Uh, so uh, the, the execution in our strategy is is going ahead very well, but as I said, uh, final decision and uh, announcement about even uh, quantities in case of buyback uh, uh, is postponed to, to, to March 2019, uh, uh, Martin. And uh, in terms of downgrade, uh, uh, I really believe that we uh, did not deserve this, uh, this downgrade uh, that you know is due to the uh, a strict rule uh, applied by, by Moody's of the two notches of maximum difference between uh, uh, government-related entities and the, the sovereign uh, rating. 
uh, even Moody's recognized in this report that uh, that uh, we are performing even better than expected. So really, uh, this decision is going to penalize uh, at, at least uh, in terms of uh, info that uh, that has been circulated uh, uh, more than uh, than uh, than we deserve. Uh, anyway, uh, I do not believe that uh, uh, this decision will negatively impact on our uh, financial capability. Uh, our balance sheet uh, is stronger and stronger, so uh, uh, definitely I'm not worried about this. But anyway, I believe that definitely has been a wrong decision uh, and we didn't deserve it. And Great. I'm going to uh, talk with them, uh, explaining uh, maybe better and better our financial situation, how strong is our portfolio, how good our perspectives, uh, and see if there is a, a possibility to apply the exception that I believe could be applied uh, in terms of this uh, two-notches uh, uh, strange rule. Okay, wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. The last, the last question comes from uh, Christian Malek with the JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking my questions. And just to sort of follow on from, I guess, my colleague from the House of Morgan, um, the question around buyback, I think just, just to sort of break it up into follow-up, um, to what extent are you getting it, it sort of uh, more uh, involved discussions from the Italian government in terms of how you think about your cap capital frame? Um, are you seeing in sort of a a change in how they interact and, 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 and sort of try to micromanage, or is that just my imagination? Um, in terms of the philosophy around buyback, just to be clear around your priorities, can I, is, it, is it safe to assume that this, you know, the, the trigger is the trigger, but um, in terms of M&A or uh, areas of, of sort of opportunities you look, you'd like to sort of take advantage of, would that take priority over any potential buyback as you start to de-gear or continue to de-gear um, in, in, into Q1 next year? And then, just a sort of second question on, on in Egypt, um, with the sort of new, with the new gas law and easing up in terms of their fiscal regime, as they sort of talk about uh, looking to allow you to basically secure um, full production or full share of production, and now you basically companies would bear the entire cost of exploration and production, and with that being able to sell, um, you know, in terms of not being able to sell it at a preset price, since the Ministry of Electricity, um, does that? new law or sort of a regime shift apply to all new contracts and how does that influence how you think about you know allocating capex to egypt going forward i presume it's not retroactive so it's going to be forward-looking on, on 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 new on new projects so i'd like to see how that sort of evolves and how you would think about that in terms of allocating more or perhaps less capex into egypt no, thank you no effect of this law about uh, our uh, prices and our contracts yeah. As far as as far as uh, uh, buyback, so uh, buyback is a priority. So we we said that uh, our our remuneration policy is based on the two the two legs, uh, the, the progressive dividend and the buyback. Buyback is linked to uh, the condition uh, uh, linked to the to leverage. As far as this condition will be respected, uh, we'll go ahead in, in performing in the in the strategy in the remuneration policy that we that we announced. Uh, we also uh, said uh, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, Claudio also mentioned that uh, any M&A uh, activity that could happen, uh, talking about assets and so on, uh, will not jeopardize uh, uh, the, uh, the performance uh, on, this, on this respect. So 
uh, in case uh, uh, both of them would be would be would be accommodated and definitely and no relationship with uh, what's going on in Italy together with the, the, the buyback. Buyback is a decision we are, uh, uh, we are taking. We will take, uh, uh, looking at our numbers, our uh, business perspective, uh, scenario, and so on. Okay, and on Egypt? No, Egypt. Uh, I said that uh, uh, we don't have uh, we don't have uh, uh, any impact on this new rule. So the the gas price is fixed, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, I do not see any direct effect on our decision on our current uh, asset or any uh, future decision about the capital location. The situation remains uh, as it is, uh, and uh, uh, the parameters uh, we take into consideration to evaluate the project will remain the same. So no impact from this new legislation, uh, Christian. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. So thank you very much, all. See you next time. Bye-bye.